Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, your savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Katie North. Katie, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Katie is a CFP and an MBA. She is the founder of North Financial Advisors. She comes from a family of business owners and learned to balance a checkbook at the age of 13. Prior to founding her firm, she spent over a decade advising high-level Fortune 500 executives. She brings the knowledge and expertise she learned from that experience to help her clients navigate through life's biggest decisions. I'm excited to have you on. Katie, tell us a little bit about your personal life your professional background, and why you do what you do. Sure. Thanks. Um, so I am a financial planner based in San Diego, and um, I run an investment firm. So what that means is I spec- I work with financial people who are interested in financial planning to plan out current cash flow needs as it relates to maybe starting a business, as it relates to uh, buying their first home, going through a new job change, um, those kinds of things. And we work out the investment side too. So we plan um, both for your current self and your future self and make sure that you have an investment plan that matches your needs. Got it. And from your experience, just it looks like you have such great experience, obviously, from a family perspective, working with entrepreneurs and then sort of the opposite, working with Fortune 500 executives to now your current experience. What do you think is a, is a common area that if people were able to make an improvement would make a big difference? Yeah, so I hear a lot of times um, working with young professionals, people in their 30s and 40s, that um, they're sort of wondering what comes next. You know, they may have gotten the extra degree or, you know, done some enrichment of some sort. uh, And once they've sort of checked those things off the list, um, they're kind of like, well, what's next? I've achieved all the things my 20-year-old self said I wanted to achieve. And they may feel like their job is even boring or not really quite fulfilling. And so, I often ask the question, okay, well, you know, what do you want, how do you want to be known? And if money wasn't an issue, like at all, what would you do with your life? And a lot of times people tell me the answer to that is that they want to have, they want to start a business. They want to do something more meaningful for themselves. Um, They want to start a business and they want to work for themselves. So I empower a lot of my clients to make those choices and actually make it a reality because finances shouldn't be the thing that stays in your way. And a fear of risk or a fear of um, feeling like this is a really scary endeavor, uh, that's what I want to address for my clients because it doesn't have to be that way. I think that that's an awesome way to think about it. It's it's really a matter of framing, right? It's instead of, okay, I checked these boxes off, now what? And it's it's hard for people to to put themselves in that position, but asking that question, how do you want to be known, I think is, is a great way to help people bring a little clarity to that. Yeah. Um, all right. So somebody says, you know what, I, I think that I'm, I, I like my work, but it's not everything that, that I want it to be, or it's not necessarily what I want to be known for. I want to make my own mark. How do you counsel people to, to begin the process of starting a business? The first step I walk my clients through is to think in a few different um, circles. So you want to look at where you have expertise. You want to look at where you have a network of people you can rely on, um, not just as potential clients, but even as peers or or people you can bounce ideas off of. 
Uh, and then you want to have an idea that you have are at least a little bit passionate about. And um, when you can find an idea or multiple ideas that involve all three of those particular areas, you're going to start off on the right foot. Um, a lot of people simply say, oh, well, I really like making pickles and all my friends say my pickles are delicious and I want to make a bunch of pickles. Um, that's, that's addressing the passion issue, but it may not actually address the expertise issue or the network issue because you have to figure out how you're going to get a supply of pickles. You're going to have to figure out how to finance all of the costs involved with making pickles. You have to figure out where you're going to sell these pickles and who you're going to sell them to. So you have to ask yourself some sort of next step questions. And a lot of people I find will um, will gear towards maybe one of those three particular areas, and that will be the easy thing. But picking up the other two is a little bit more difficult. So, um, so that's where I, I work with my clients to think through kind of the, the initial idea phase is how do you figure out something that you're, you're both passionate about, you have the network in, and you have the expertise in. Got it. Yeah, I, I can certainly see where people would have one, maybe two, but rarely the third one all the way thought out is need a little bit of help, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got it. <clears throat> and I, I, I suppose oftentimes maybe it's what they're excited about first, so maybe it is the passion, or is, and, and then they maybe need to change course because they don't have the network necessarily, or is, is there one area you find that, that people start with and then maybe need to change course on? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends a little bit on the person. Um, I work with a lot of service-based business entrepreneurs, so um, people tend to do something for a living. They already know what they what they're planning to do, but maybe they they're instead of working for the man, so to speak, they'd want to go out on their own. So they maybe already have the expertise and at least somewhat of a passion since they've chosen that as a career. But it's a matter of um, you know picking up the network, making sure they've thought through not just the expertise in doing what they do, providing the service they're going to provide, but the expertise in the other aspects of running a business because you're going to have to wear many hats, like looking at the marketing piece, making sure you bring on a board of advisors, someone to manage the finances, someone to think through accounting questions. Um, or if you don't want to outsource those things, figuring out how you get the expertise to do those things too. Got it. And then actually putting together a plan for making that jump from full-time nine to five kind of employment to entrepreneurship. Oh. I have to imagine that there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah, there is. Um, I generally recommend clients take at least six months to think through many various kind of decision points and, and issues. Um, the first thing you have to think about is what is the cost side of your business like? And then what do you have to charge in order to make it a profitable business? But before you figure out all the costs, you're going to think of the obvious ones like, you know, producing the widget or getting an office space or whatever it might be. Um, but you're probably not going to immediately think about the less obvious things like how do I replace the benefits that I was getting at my corporate job? Right. How do I make sure that I'm saving for retirement so that my future self is taken care of as well as my current self? Uh, how do I plan for contingencies, you know, um, illnesses or some kind of a disability, even temporary, like breaking a leg? could be extremely detrimental to not only your personal finances, but your success of, and health of your business. If you can't go out and make meetings because you're hopped up on painkillers, you just broke your leg, um, that's going to be 
that's going to be detrimental. So you need to have insurance in place to manage things like disabilities, right? To um, manage liability that you might have. So you have to think through, um, you know, like, like I said, not just those obvious things like the cost of your office space, right? Um, but some of the less obvious things, and it takes time to work through those and sort of start to make some decisions about that. No doubt about that, and I have to imagine it takes way longer than people initially expect when they think about doing something like this. And it probably is going to take longer than they usually think it's going to to start having income or revenue coming in, so being capitalized is probably a pretty important thing. Absolutely, and that's sort of the next step, right, is to look at the the source for initial startup, right? Um, many people are under this impression that you're going to go out and run out and get investors. You've got a restaurant idea. Oh, I've got five people who said they might be interested. Um, when push comes to shove, uh, it's not likely that you're going to be able to rely on sources like that. Um, you also have you know, things like small business loans that are out there. Um, the truth is small business loans are really for ex existing businesses who've been around for at least two years and can produce um, information and financials and all that kind of stuff. Um, so really when you are a startup like this, <clears throat> you're, you're really looking at um, either saving up your own contingency cash so that you and your personal finances are taken care of and your business startup costs are taken care of or finding kind of like a friends and family sort of a thing where maybe, um, you know, you do some initial startup, but we're not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars likely that you're going to be able to raise, at least in these initial phases. Um, for something like a service-based business, you're really going to need to rely on your own personal net worth, but you don't want to do it that's going to create risk for your future self. You know, something I, another thing I get from people is, oh, I'll just borrow from my retirement accounts um, and I'll get some startup money that way. Well, using money for retirement that's earmarked for retirement is going to cost you about 50% in penalties if you try to do that. Um, not to mention the fact that you're, you're concentrating risk in uh, something that's a very somewhat risky endeavor. Um, you're concentrating your, your retirement, basically, into risky, a risky business that you're going to be relying on income for. So I don't typically recommend that either. So the time frame, you're absolutely right, is important to get get correct because you're going to need to say uh, ramp up your savings rate in the six months year or so leading up to when you decide to go out on your own yeah i appreciate everything you just said and and 100 agree with it i want people to be so confident in their abilities and in their business that being said let's not go all in with all of our money, especially not the money inside of our 401ks or our IRAs. So, um, well, I, I also have to think that oftentimes it's important to look backwards or rather probably just to look at your current spending and your budgeting to make sure that you're not leaving your nine to five job and then going to be entering into your entrepreneurial endeavor with expenses that are too high. You probably want to try to keep those as low as possible and maybe look for opportunities to, to, to reduce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want to figure out what your bare bones budget is on the personal side before you figure out sort of what your runway rate is going to be. Um, and by run rate, I just mean how many months of 
capital do you have before you run out? Basically, how much do you burn through each month? And you're, you're going to have a good handle on that once you do a lot of this work on the business side, but you have to do the same kind of cost analysis on the personal side too, and really get your expense expenditures down so that you can you make your capital growth go further. Um, you know, if you can get to a place where you're saving, say like 50% of your current income, that's a really high bar. Um, but if you can do that, that means that within a year you can save up enough basically to, to have a full year's worth of living expenses. Um, and that doesn't, that doesn't seem so hard when you think about weight, the waiting game, what it's going to take for you to save up enough money to do something like this. Right. So by having a full year's worth of a buffer, that means that you are not going to be begging for clients. You're not going to exude this sort of personality of please, please pick me because you're safe. You've got a full year's worth of your personal expenses saved up and you don't need to worry about, about that. You can wait and find the right clients definitely from a position of strength. So I think that that's great. One of the quotes that I saw on, on your website was, like it or not, you're the chief decision maker for your financial life. And I imagine that I 100% think that that's true. And I imagine that there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't necessarily like that. Um, and I also imagine that sometimes when people go through this process with you, they discover that maybe I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I am just happier long term being in a, a W-2 kind of a role. Yeah. I mean, that's, that does happen, but it also doesn't have to be one or another, right? Um, I actually sometimes coach people through kind of creating a side hustle for themselves and planning that out as sort of like this way to enrich and dip your toe in the water. It's a safer way to approach it. You don't have to save nearly enough as much money because you have income coming in from your day job. Um, but it can be a nice way to, you know, kind of have as a something in your back pocket when you go through life changes. Because being an entrepreneur is so flexible and, and interesting that whenever you have more time to give, you can give more time to the business and you can make that a big part of your life. When you're going through things that maybe um, require other time away from you, family changes, you know, life changes, entrepreneurship can take a more of a back seat and you can walk it back and you don't have to do as much. So it doesn't always have to be one or the other either. There are sort of these striations and gray areas where you can find a happy place for yourself. And it, it's really dependent on the person. Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. So well, I know that you mentioned, or we were talking earlier rather about really identifying what you have an expertise in, what you're passionate about, and then making sure that you have a viable network for it. Um, so I'm just, just trying to go through in my head exactly what people need to do from a process standpoint to make this evaluation. It's going in budgeting. It's looking ahead at expenses. Is there anything that people also commonly forget to think about that, that we haven't covered? Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes people get really excited and gung-ho about a business idea, but they haven't actually verified mm. that it's going to be successful in the real world. They've mainly relied on maybe friends and family. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You should do it. Um, but they haven't actually made contact with any potential buyers of the product or the service. And so I would say that's a really important place to spend a lot of time, even once you've decided, you know, worked out some of these details around finances and things. Um, because if you don't have a viable business idea, you're not going to have a very successful or sustainable business. And you're going to find that out pretty quickly, but at what cost? 
So my rule of thumb is you really don't want to spend a dime at, or, or any amount of your cash until you can verify that very clearly, that you have a business idea that will work and there are people out there who want to buy your product or your service. Uh, and the way you do that and the reason why network is so important is because you're going to have to figure out how to get in front of potential customers, not to be an annoying, buzzy salesperson, but to do some research and bounce ideas off of people and find out what their you know, their thought is on your product. And with that, you're probably going to make some iterations and changes. Um, what was initially you thought was going to be a great idea. You might find out by talking to six people that, Oh, maybe if I shift it just ever so much this direction, um, that makes it a much more viable product. And Oh, wow what a great idea it's become. Um, so in business, there's always iterations, right? And the only way you can iterate is by getting feedback. So you have to spend a lot of time getting out on the ground, talking to people. Um, and I, I often suggest that people talk to other people who've done the thing that they're doing. With service-based businesses, this tends to be a lot easier because it's probably an idea that exists out there. It's just, you know, people do it in a regional or local basis, or maybe they specialize in certain topics. And there's this fear that if you share your idea with someone who does what you do, that there might be competition or there might be um, somebody stealing information or ideas. Um, but what I've found, at least in most industries, is that people appreciate getting to talk about themselves. And also they appreciate having people People who know what it's like to be in that, that business, right? So it can actually be really um, therapeutic to talk to other people who've done what you've done and figure out what it is maybe they would have done differently. Um, you know, get feedback on how they've found success. Um, don't have this fear-based mentality that someone's going to steal your ideas because um, the idea is really only a tiny, tiny portion of the chance of success. It's really about execution. And unless you talk to a lot of people, get a lot of feedback, the execution is going to be extremely poor. So that's where I would say you've got to spend a significant amount of time. I think that that is excellent advice right there. Well, Katie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You know, I think you cannot forget to plan for your future self. Um, and this goes at the immediate future, right? Making sure that you have, um, you can pay your rent and you can eat, right? But also, um, you know, mid-range future self and then long-range future self. Um, it's not enough just to ask yourself, like, how you want to be in the next couple of years. You got to think, like, what do I want to have done in the next five years, in the next 10 years? And um, who do I want to be around? How much money do I want to be making? Um, what kinds of hobbies do I want to be doing, right? And what does all that cost? Um, it's important to think about your future self. And it's not enough to just live in the moment with something like this. I don't say it to discourage people from approaching the entrepreneurial lifestyle, but I say it so that you're, you're in the mode of planning and thinking through certain contingencies that can always come up. Well, that is great stuff, and that definitely gets a come on. Come on. So I appreciate that, and I think that we do such a poor job of goal setting, and which is almost a throwaway term, it, it, it sort of seems. So, so important to, to keep in mind our future selves. So, yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? So my website is www.northfinancialadvisors.com. I'm also out um, in the Twitter universe uh, with at Katie North, and that's C-A-D-Y. 
N-O-R-T-H, as well as Instagram at Katie North. And then I have a Facebook page as well, which is on Facebook at North underscore financial. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Katie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to NorthFinancialAdvisors.com. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well. Thank you again, Katie. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.